0: Are you ready to listen to a podcast? Podcast. Upskilled. Upskilled. Masterclass. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the third episode of the Upskilled Masterclass. My name is Ralph Tucker. A key feature of any business is the performance management of staff and how to get the best out of them on a daily basis. To talk about the importance of performance management, which is critical to any organization's ability to function smoothly, we welcome along the head of Upskilled's business faculty and operations manager, Leanne Courtney. Hi, Leanne. Thanks very much for joining us on the Upskilled Masterclass.
1: Thank you very much, Ralph. It's good to be here.
0: As operations manager, I can imagine it's fairly vital all elements of your operations needs to be at their best. How do you know that your operations are going and how do you measure these type of things?
1: Okay, so what I do is I create an operational plan at the beginning of the year that is in line with the organisational goals or values of the the company. I sit down with my direct line managers or the CEOs and have a chat about what I want to do in the next 12 months and then I uh, chart that out in an operational plan. So that will include a list of um, action items or goals that I want to achieve in the next 12 months and then next to that those action items is a list of what I have to do to achieve those tasks. And that might also include what resources I'll need to achieve those tasks. In the plan, I'll also put a priority on that task and on that goal, as in the grand scheme of things for the overall organisation. So it might be something I, I want to do, but maybe it's not uh, a need to do. So I prioritise as well. And I use, I, use that plan all the time. I go back to it all the time.
0: We discussed it with John Lang earlier on in this series. How important is collaboration in terms of that and working together as a unit to achieve those goals set out in the operational plan?
1: Absolutely imperative. You know, I get my ideas from my staff and from my trainers and then I formulate the 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 main points and the main goals we need to achieve to put it in the plan, but I then get um, approval from the CEOs that it's in line with the organisational direction.
0: How important is it that each member of your team understands exactly what their role is and what it is on the operations and other departments in the organisation and how important that particular person's performance is likely to impact on the student that your team is supposed to be supporting?
1: Okay, I think it's vitally important that every employee is given a job description when they start. Um, and if we don't have them, I make sure they're created if it's a new role because that sets the, the benchmark of what we want them to achieve, the, the skills that they need to achieve that role. And that includes that job description is again <laughs> aligned back to the organisational values and the goals of the organisation. And one of our major goals is customer service and communication. So, you know, that's imperative with our students or our customers customers customers. Um, And so it's very important that the the team members know what they have to do every day in order to achieve the organisational goal of good customer service.
0: Knowing their role is obviously important, but knowing the roles of other people is obviously also a very important part in how they can work together in achieving the goals of the company.
1: Absolutely. Uh, when I first joined Upskill two and a half years ago, I, all of the team members were working in silos and they were, everyone had their specialties, which, you know, they were very proud of and it was working well, but. I saw it as a huge risk factor for the organisation, that if one person left and they're the only person that knows how to do that role, then we were going to be in a lot of strife if they chose to leave. So I didn't, I don't like that in any organisation for one person to have all the knowledge. Um, so the first thing we said about doing, and it has taken, it took over 18 months to achieve, is multi-skilling the staff across all aspects of the role. So if somebody went on two weeks leave, I'm not going to be left in the lurch and then somebody else can pick up that role, so and also it adds variety for the team members because they've got more variety in their day-to-day work rather than coming in and just doing the same task over and over. Mm-hmm. So I think it's um, a, a better role for them then.
0: And how do you manage that performance
1: with my staff? What we did this year, um, we've done it two years now. We do do a performance review. Uh, this year we did a performance review, but we enhanced it and it's worked quite well for us. The role this performance re- review is um, we involved the staff members in the creation of the template that we were going to use and the questions we were going to ask. Um, Management underwent training on how to conduct um, effective performance reviews and how important it was to make the employee feel comfortable during the process and to get them involved in it. And so what we did is that we... I met with all of my staff and I, I explained the value of this process and what's in it for them and how they would benefit from opening up and talking openly about what they had done well in their role.
0: Did and you find that some were a little bit... More reticent than others, or was it a like a, an all staff buy in from the get go?
1: I really had to sell it last year. I, I noticed the reticence, so this year I really wanted to encourage them to open up. So I really explained to them that they would benefit if they were to showcase what they believe they've done well for the organisation. Then that would be passed on to upper management. And if they're the one, if they're not promoting themselves, then nobody else is. So, Because they're all young, they're quite young. So they felt comfortable enough to be able to do that. So I really encouraged that. And they did. They really opened up. And what I love about it is that they came up with some ideas that – no one else would have thought of, you know. So they were comfortable enough to bring up suggestions on how we can improve quality or suggestions on how we can improve processes. So they felt comfortable to speak up and I thought that was really important. But what we actually did is I gave them the report with the questions and I gave them two days to fill it out so they they didn't have to do it quickly. And I said I didn't want short answers, I wanted long answers to these questions. So then they sent it back to me and then I had two days to actually respond and provide feedback on what they had put in which I sent back to them to, to review for two days. So then after that process, we then met one-on-one for about 30 minutes to 45 minutes and just broke it all down and discussed each point in more detail. And it was fantastic. They, they really felt um, comfortable in offering suggestions. And it was great because I got to know their needs for their own professional development. Uh, Did further. you see the growth? Absolutely. It's just been so spot on for my team because I've got one team member, it's, you know, it came out that she doesn't manage stress well. So how can we as an organisation help you in the, in building that skill? So we're sending her to external courses on managing stress. We've got her doing yoga every day to try and relax to deal with the stress of you know customer service roles. I had my team leader put forward a quality improvement process that um, is is fantastic and is is going to be done in a, uh, pro, a proactive way so that we're making sure that we're we're keeping quality data on our students. Um, and everybody has is, is sort of been given an action plan or PD plan from that, that process that they I had them create it. So I said, okay, we've had this meeting, so why don't you go off and create a list of what you have to do in the next 12 months to achieve these goals? I said, I didn't want to have to micromanage them through... The next 12 months. So you know what you need to do. We're happy to support you, be it studying a diploma of HR or a diploma of counselling or building their webinar facilitation skills, whatever it suited their individual um, needs for their own career. I said, I want you to go and write the list of what you, you need to do in the next 12 months. So they did do that and they came back with their own mini operational plan for their own, their own role.
0: How rewarding was that for you to see that That's- you sort of gave them... Uh, the strength, I guess, and the knowledge that they could actually build their own operational plan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I loved it, actually. I thought, this is good. I'm sort of replicating what I do at my management level at that operational level. And so they did create it all. We had a meeting about that. And then I said, okay, I'm empowering you to make this happen. You go and find the Diploma Counselling course you want to do and come back and tell me about it. You go and find the Stress Management course. I'm not going to do this for you. You need to own it. And so we're having our first review meeting next month, actually, to see how they're going. And again, I've given them a heads up to say, okay, there's going to be a review. So that kind of gives them a reminder and a nudge that they had some action items that they had to attend to before we next meet. So I plan to meet with them every quarter just to say how how are we tracking with those goals and what problems do you have, what are we going to do to fix it so that we achieve them by the end of 12 months.
0: How did you find the feedback uh, that you gave them on their performance? What was it surprising to you? Did you find elements that were concerning, or did you find elements that were positive, or was it a, a whole bunch of the, the the lot of it come together to you?
1: Uh, what was really critical was uh, we, we were told as managers in our training. We're not to bring up anything that would be a surprise to the employee during the performance review. So we're not to bring up in the review, oh, you know, back in June when you were very, you know, hostile towards a team member. That was not meant to be the part of this review, okay? So... And that, I thought, was good advice because if you have a problem with a team member, you don't want to sit on it and talk about it with them at a review time. You need to deal with it straight away. So in that case, you know, you can create the questions to guide them to realise their own weaknesses, which we did. The questions allowed them to think, well, what could I be doing better at? So I had a staff member who had issues with... Um, Impatience, I suppose. So, you know, because we discussed it in a, a lighthearted manner throughout the year, then she was able to recognise, yes, this is my weakness and how am I going to, you know, I know what I have to do to, to remain calm and, and not lose my temper. So... I think if you if you allow people the opportunity to recognise their own weaknesses, they will, but they've got to feel safe to do that and safe that it's not going to be detrimental to their position and that we're here as an organisation to support them in their self-development as well.
0: I recently read a report about performance reviews and how they can be I guess, more a, a hindrance than a help because they're poorly executed. Based on what you're just saying there, your views would be different to that because if you tailor the performance review uh, so that the employee doesn't feel uncomfortable or if you're addressing certain issues on the run, uh, come that uh, performance review time, it's not going to be as anxious for you, I guess, and also for them.
1: Absolutely. you know. You've got to have their buy-in from the get-go. What's in it for them? So really letting them know this is your opportunity to shine this is your opportunity to let upskilled as an organization help you build the skills you want to achieve in your career obviously it's nice that it aligns to our own goals but if somebody want you know someone wants to do a diploma of HR that doesn't really suit my department's goals but I'm not going to stop encouraging them to study a diploma of HR because I think it's an investment in their career and in their their self-development and personal development that only will aid us in in the the long run, because they will feel valued.
0: The same report also said that some companies axed performance reviews, obviously that's a case of horses for courses, but could you understand why they would go down that particular path?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If they're not done well, if they're not a win-win situation you know, and it's not a positive experience. I can understand why, you know, people, I've had that experience myself in the past and you do feel like you're under attack or under threat or your role is under threat and nobody feels comfortable in that situation. So I think it will come down to how they are managed and how they rolled out. And I don't, I, I read that article too and I don't think doing them once a year is enough either. I think it's, it's a fluid process that you have to constantly come back to quarterly at least.
0: Yeah, it's not like you're going to the headmaster's office or anything like that, but you're pointing out things that may be able to improve somebody's personal development on the run and therefore it's not going to be this one big date that somebody has to prepare for that they have to fill out a questionnaire and expose themselves and their weaknesses to a senior employee. So from that point of view, it's up to each company to assess how they look at each individual on their own merits.
1: Correct. And I think empowerment is the key word. It's important to empower your staff and own the action items and the goal settings themselves. And just to be they're assistant to their own success. You 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 can guide them, so you're not um, you're not micromanaging them. You're just helping them manage themselves.
0: One of the subjects that we broached with Joel Gage in the early part of the series was the fact that upskilled is not your regulation organisation when it comes to if you look around here, the dress code, for example, or you know there seems to be a very casual nature to it. Do you feel that though that actually helps people's performance?
1: Uh, yes, I do. Um, it is a shift, you know, coming from a different um, industry, well, a different organisation where I had to dress up every day and then, you know, coming to Upskilled and being comfortable in jeans and a t-shirt. It is a, an adjustment to someone um, of my vintage, I should say, but uh, it's very easy to adapt to and it is very <laughs> comfortable. And Do you think I, people
0: could get too comfortable in that situation or is it the fact that you're allowing them to Uh, give themselves enough freedom to express themselves and therefore if they feel comfortable they can manage their own performance better?
1: Well I think it comes down to um, management and how the people are managed so it doesn't really matter what they look like or what they wear, it's what they do and it's how how they feel I think and that's at Upskilled what we do well. Uh, We reward people who work well and um, we hope that everyone's feeling positive, you know, and if somebody's not feeling positive, then we offer assistance, you know, and we recognise that. I mean, family values is is vitally important at Upskilled. So it's about the person, it's not about the clothes.
0: How do you decide on what professional development your team members need and who needs what and how do you develop a professional development plan?
1: So, yeah, like I said, I sit down with them and have that conversation. So whilst I'm trying to ask them what, what do they want, I'm sitting there from the organisational perspective trying to tie it into what we need. So it, that is through that consultation and collaboration that, you know, obviously they are happy to do things that benefit the organisation, but in response we're happy to do things to benefit themselves personally. So um, it's a two-way street.
0: And you mentioned before that, you know, you're happy to aid people's personal development, even if it means that they're not going to be in a particular area, uh, within the company. They may look to go elsewhere. Uh, that's obviously beneficial for you. If they decide to leave the company, well, I guess that's something that you have to have to deal with, but knowing full well that you've assisted somebody
1: in their own personal growth. Yeah, exactly. I think there's that old adage that, you know, what if you train somebody and they leave? Uh, Well, what if you train somebody and they stay? So I'm a big believer in education, obviously, and I'm a big believer in supporting my team in their career development. And hopefully they won't want to leave because, you know, we're looking after them.
0: Uh, One of the things that also came out of those earlier interviews that we discussed with uh, John and Joel was the fact that there isn't a high staff turnover here. So do you see that in your mind as success?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the cost of replacing employees is huge to any organisation. The cost of training employees is huge. And, you know, you they, staff are your greatest asset on every level. On, you know, they're the front line, they're the ones looking after our students, they're the ones getting the work done, they're the ones um, creating the culture and the, the vibe of the place. So staff are everything.
0: Okay, Leanne, thanks very much. These have all been valuable insights on the importance of the performance and management of staff. Uh, Was there anything else that you'd like to add before we round out this podcast?
1: Uh, yes, Ralph. Uh, the going back to the, my operational plan that I put together at the beginning of the year, and I just want to add that I have that reviewed by my managers quarterly as well. But in fact, these podcasts have come out of that operational plan because one of the goals I needed to achieve this year was to improve our learning management system content and podcast. As a learner myself, I've enjoyed listening to podcasts in the past. And for some students, uh, podcasts are a good way to take in information. So what we thought we'd do is get our subject matter experts and in these podcasts talk about how Upskilled is using what we're teaching in our business management courses. So we're not just delivering the training here at Upskilled, we're, we're living and breathing it. So, you know, with the performance management, that's one of the ta- the units that we offer. And the podcast allows a student to tap into our, our subject subject matter experts. And they can do this anywhere. So they can do this in the car or whilst they're traveling on the train. So it's, it's just giving our students another resource to access rather than just videos and or textbooks.
0: Leanne, thanks very much for coming along today and being part of the Upskilled Masterclass.
1: All right. Lovely. Thanks, Ralph.
0: Thanks for taking the time out to listen today. If you've got any questions or feedback, please head to the website, upskill.edu.au. Don't forget you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You can also leave us a review on iTunes, which would be greatly appreciated. And if you really enjoyed the chat with Leanne today, please tell a friend. I'm Ralph Tucker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll catch you next time on the Upskilled Masterclass.
1: Up-Skilled. 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 Masterclass.